Hello and welcome to the Inside Dish, where we explore the culinary, distillery, and the winery arts in and around the Lehigh Valley. I'm Mike Dravenstadt, host for your gastronomic tour of the region's amazing food and beverage scene. Hello and welcome to the Inside Dish, where we explore the culinary arts in and around the greater Lehigh Valley. I'm Mike Dravenstadt, your host for our gastronomic tour of our region's amazing food and beverage scene. I'm here with Patrick Duffy and Carrie Havranek, a publisher and editor, respectively, of Edible Lehigh Valley, a print and digital media outlet dedicated to the greater Lehigh Valley's food scene. Patrick and Carrie, welcome to the Inside Dish. Thanks for, the, thanks for having us. Thank you. And I should say welcome back to Carrie. You yeah, were a guest back, yeah. back yes. in uh, 2020 when we interviewed you about your book, Tasting Pennsylvania. So that's, it's good to have you again. That's right. Thank you. Patrick, let's start with you. Uh, tell us about Edible Lehigh Valley, uh, its mission and purpose, and its place around here. Okay. Ed, my, my, my own role with Edible Lehigh Valley as, as publisher came out of a, a passion for the publication itself and an understanding of what Edible stood for. There's, there's 80 Edible titles around the country. But each one is independently, privately operated, and each one focuses on the local food scene, what's great about the local food scene. And each one is biased towards its owner, its publisher. So some are more about sustainability, some more about organic. Here, I think it's really about the the huge variety of what is still, I think, a, a developing food scene across the whole Lehigh Valley. And that's really what's driving us with this, is, is capturing that and, and reporting on it and uh, helping to make it happen. So there are, of course, other edibles. Like you go down to Philly, see Edible Philly. There's Edible Jersey. And they go around the country, right all over. And and the the most amazing thing is when you get a group of these people together. These are people who are passionate about food and really uh, put their their heart and soul into doing their bit to to make it happen and help the local food scene. And and Carrie, why do you think it's the right time for this in the Lehigh Valley? What what niche is this filling? What's there a, a need for it? Well, yeah, there's definitely a need for it. I mean, I've been writing about food up here in this area in the Lehigh Valley for over 10 years. First as a longtime contributor with Lehigh Valley Style, and then when Edible Philly popped up about 10 years ago, I had been at a culinary conference, and I'd met somebody from Edible Communities, and they were talking about the concept. Somebody's, and I said, you know, there really should be an Edible Lehigh Valley, and of course this was 10 years ago. And they're like, well, you know, actually your territory is part of this other territory, which is, you know, Philly. And I was like, hmm, okay, whatever, but let's go with We've it. We've heard that before. Right, 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 right. Yes, that's another story, another story for another day. But, you know, we have, we have, long story short, that's not the case anymore. We now have that region and that turf. And it's because there's so much going on here. It's because, you know, we have so many different different kinds of food here, so many different restaurants. You know, there's a lot of digital outlets. There's a lot of, there's other magazines, but there isn't a quarterly publication that's printed on beautiful paper with amazing photography and incredible writers who are so immersed and so knowledgeable. I mean, the people that are in this first issue, I just like blowing my mind, you know, the contributors we have, it's, it's, it's really stellar. And I think, you know, people still want to hold a magazine in their hands. That's part of it. Yeah. You can get tons of stuff online with social media, but it's almost too much. You know, like people scroll mindlessly. Like when you're sitting with a magazine, it's an intentional act. Like I'm going to sit and I'm going to, or I'm going to find this, or I'm going to intentionally subscribe to this because you can subscribe. And so I think, you know, we, we need a converse, we need a place to have a conversation about what's happening, whether it's like in our restaurants, our farmers markets, the changes that have been happening in hospitality in the past few years, especially since COVID. The question of sustainability isn't just a question of, 
you know, what are we doing to our land, our air? It's what do we do? What is what's affecting our communities? What is sustainable for a person who works in this industry, whether they're a farmer or a maker, or a producer or a chef? One of our stories in the first issue kind of touches on that very question of, you know, sustainability, but kind of in like a, a sideways way. Um, so, you know, so it will be about those things, but it's also going to be about, you know, what's sustainable in a neighborhood. And so, you know, if there's something going on in a neighborhood like we've been talking about, some things happening in Lancaster, because that's also part of our turf. And that's there's really interesting things happen with, with their food scene that reflects a lot of what's going on up here. So, you know, how does it serve the community is the other mm-hmm. question, too. That makes it sustainable. So, so Patrick, what, I guess where does this fit in when you look at food journalism and the, the greater Lehigh Valley? I mean, for years you had, you know, daily print publications yep. that had food reporters or several of them. You've got other magazines that mm-hmm. have a little bit of food coverage. You have shows like this, mm-hmm. you know, that are mm-hmm. talking about food. Yeah. Um, you know, what do you hope to achieve with edible Lehigh Valley that's not being done now? And I, I, th- That's a great question. I was just going to follow on from what Carrie was saying there, because in the conversations I've been having uh, with everyone across the industry, but uh, advertisers and, and writers and so on, the most amazing thing has been how much enthusiasm and passion there is for something that is actually fundamentally a printed magazine. Yeah. Uh, and there is, uh, my sense is there is, if not a return to it, then a new understanding, even among a younger generation of, of that. So in terms of where it fits in, I, I think there's a, there's a slot there that we're dropping into really, really well. I mean, Carrie mentioned about social media, and it's fantastic. These things all have a place uh, for more dynamic content, for for current things, for announcements, for events. Social media is the best way, certainly. But this magazine, the, the, the statistics are that this magazine's read for about an hour by everyone who picks it up, an hour. Can you imagine getting someone's attention for an hour on social media? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a, and, that's, and that's why it's different. It's, it's something that people pick up and they want to read through it, and that's such a lovely thing to see. I would yeah. imagine, too, uh, that it gives you the space to, to dive deeper into a story where seeing things on screen when people are scanning things or even, you know, with the limited amount of space that, you know, like a, a daily newspaper might have right now, either yeah. online or, you know, a, sh- a shrinking news hole, you can you can dive deeper. You can mm-hmm. explore deeper into the story, and that must be very encouraging for you as an editor. Something it's, of a luxury, I guess. It is. <laughs> no, it's absolutely yeah. gratifying and a privilege at the same time to be able to think about these bigger questions and these bigger issues. And, you know, we have some limitations being quarterly, but we also have some blessings in being quarterly is that we can take a longer view. And like right now I'm thinking about, well, what are we going to, what are we going to run next summer? Cause we have to photograph it now. Um, so I'm thinking those things through. So there's a lot going on in my head at all times about this stuff, but yeah, it, it definitely, there definitely is a, an advantage to that. And it does give you the ability to kind of contextualize in a way that you can't do in a daily grind, mm-hmm. whether it's like, I got to get another post up about this restaurant or, you know, I got to, you know, write about like this place closing or this place opening, just the news part of it. You know, there's a newsy element always to what we're doing. It's important. There's and there's also, you also got a lot on, on recipes and the food itself. It's kind do. of, it really is something that people will we want to. We also have recipes. Yeah. And, and I remember you were saying, Patrick, that and Nancy Painter, mm. who published Edible Jersey and Edible Philly for so long with her husband Ray, they have always said that time and time again, people love picking up the Edible Communities magazines because there's recipes in yeah. them. And yeah. we've got quite a few. So And it's almost like it's curated. It's not like you have to have a, your, a whole book of recipes right. you've got to wait through. It's, it, it, right. it, it, it's just a small number, but it's enough to to excite and inspire people, which is what really what, what it's all about. I mean, I've, when, I, when I speak to people about the magazine, I, I, I describe it as uh, the, 
the typical reader is someone who's going to read about a piece of cheese and drive an hour to go and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the kind of people we're it's looking for. Those are our people, yeah. Patrick. Yeah, I know yeah, people yeah. like that. Yes, <laughs> we are all those people. And they're all going to be Guilty as charged. Which is great. <laughs> so, cheese, um, chocolate, whatever it is. <laughs> Pizza, don't get me started. Carrie, especially, how have you seen the Lehigh Valley's food scene evolve since, since you've been here? Because I'm thinking, I've been here almost... I think you know a little more than thirty years. I don't think there could have been an edible Lehigh Valley thirty years ago. No, not even twenty when I when I arrived here. Yeah, it's really remarkable what's happened. You know, a lot of that has to do, and you know, we've talked about this before. A lot of that has to do with kind of the explosion of Food Network and food television. You know, years ago, and people kind of moving, sort of that like everybody is in a kitchen doing something. I think in the last five years. We've seen so many different kinds of restaurants open here, different kinds of foods we never had before. We have a low overhead compared to other cities. And, you know, a lot of our cities, a lot of our farmers markets are little incubators for bigger businesses. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many businesses jumped out of the Easton Farmers Market over the years, um, as you well know, Mike. And so I think there's an entrepreneurial spirit. And this is something that I've heard time and time again in talking with people especially with the folks that run the barbecue place on Southside and the Taste Smokers. I had a long conversation with them when I interviewed them last year about this. I was like, we can't get over the entrepreneurial spirit. Mm. So part of it is that the low overhead, people want to try new things. People are more like consumers are more adventurous as eaters. And, you know, our population is getting more interesting. And that's going to be reflected in our in our food without a doubt. And, you know, and then you've got all the different makers and people who are bringing the food and taking them to markets or getting them in stores or whatever. So it's, it's a giant ecosystem that all kind of plays together with each other. When we were talking before we got on air, too, about the Lehigh Valley in and of itself kind of being close to Philly, and Philly's kind of in the shadow of New York and kind of where geographically the valley fits into that because we're kind of in the shadow of both these mega cities with real legit mm you know, food reputations. Mm. Yeah, we're so totally under the radar. I think when I wrote when I wrote my cookbook, Testing, Tasting Pennsylvania, I had this, what felt at the time to me, I was making this claim that Pennsylvania was like the California of the East Coast. And some people were like, what are you talking about? But then I, when, I, when I would say it to farmers or other people, like, yeah, you know, you're it. absolutely really right. And, you know, like production-wise in terms of what's produced here, how, the amount of small farmers that we have, and all of that business. And plus, we're home to the Rodale Institute in Cutstown, and historically for many years, Rodale Press, you know, the beginnings of the organic movement in this com- in this country is based here. It's a big freaking deal. <laughs> so I think we're kind of being like, yeah, we got this. Like, we've been, you said we're like in the shadow of the shadow, right? And But I think that's what's kind of enabled us to kind of just be like, yeah, we're just doing our thing, and we're cool with that. But there's so much here that people are getting excited about, and it's really cool to be able to share that. As you look around the Lehigh Valley, are there things that you think that are still missing here in the Lehigh Valley or, uh, you know, restaurants, cuisines, dining concepts that still haven't arrived here that, you know, might be other parts of the country that, you know, we haven't achieved yet? I don't think I've seen anything that's not here. I, I, I mean, I think some of it's more than others. Some more than others. Yeah. We need more African cuisine. We don't have a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. We could probably do with some more far-flung, lesser-known Asian cuisines. But some of those are in Lancaster, which you'll see in upcoming issues. But I also think in terms of concepts, I was recently at Wanderlust in Forks Township. And uh, when I was interviewing Jeremy and Matt, Jeremy Bialker, the GM who used to be at Two Rivers, and Matt Jenks, who's the son, you know, his family owns it, 
they were saying that like people keep coming into this place because it's a pretty unique setup. It's basically like you're eating in someone's backyard and there's it's just it's cool. There's nothing really else like it around here. But people they were telling me that people have been coming through and saying, Oh, I've seen a place like this in Portland. Oh, I've seen mm. a place like this in Austin. So I think we might be at this sort of like I hate to use the word zeitgeist because it sounds so cheesy, but we might be at this like zeitgeisty move moment where things are just kind of happening organically and we are connected to this larger thread as opposed to being like, oh, it's like going to take a few we- you know, a few years for that to trickle down to mm-hmm. us. But that being said, I would love to see more Mediterranean and Middle Eastern food. I think we could we could do with that. More of everything. More of everything. More of everything. <laughs> more of everything. Yes, yes, it's good. Well, great. How do people find out more about uh, Edible Lehigh Valley, and how can people uh, subscribe? They can subscribe by going to the website. So we have a, a quarterly subscription there, which is and the website address is so www.edibelehighvalley.com. Okay, uh, straightforward enough. Uh, you can also, <laughs> also get that on social social media. You can also subscribe to our online newsletter as well for more current stuff. The most important thing, though, is the, the magazine is going to be distributed through 150 locations. So go onto the website, find a location near you, and go and grab a copy of it. It's probably the best way. Awesome. Hey, well, Patrick and Carrie, thank you so much for joining. Good luck with Edible Lehigh Valley. Thank, thank you. you. I'm Mike Dravenstott, and this is The Inside Dish. If you enjoyed this program, please go to WDIY.org or the WDIY app to share or become a WDIY member.